second. Mine's the best, amen. She's watching from a hospital bed right now, Mom. I love you. I'm, I'm glad you're healthy and alive. And uh, I want every, everybody here to let those watching online, let them know we love them too. All the moms that are watching online, if you could just give them a shout and a clap. Amen. Especially Mom Andrews. Amen. My mom is, is such a picture of sacrifice, what I want to talk about this morning. Mom's unbelievable sacrifice is what I want to talk about this morning. It blows me away every time I go to see my mom or I call her on the phone. She's literally been in and out of hospitals for the last four years. Um, and every time she goes back in, she just takes it. She just takes it like a hit. And I was talking to her yesterday on the phone. Uh, my wife's best friend is here from Costa Rica, Laura visiting. And they were getting in the car from Walmart, and I was talking to her on the phone, and it never ceases to amaze me that she could be laying in a hospital bed or laying in a, in a rehabilitation center, and, and I ask her, Mom, how you doing? And it's always back to me, I'm doing great. How is so-and-so, or what's going on with so-and-so? And she just begins to ask about other people, and it's unbelievable to see the strength that she has with everything that she's been through. And so I have an amazing example in my mom, and many of you know her and know her example, and many of you have moms in your lives that are those examples. But, you know, all throughout the Bible we see these amazing sacrifices that were made. Today we have what we have because of the sacrifices of many, many mothers. And I want to kind of th give you a story this morning, and I want you to think about something in today's terms, especially you moms. And fathers and dads and single people, you can get something out of this message too. It's always principles there. But moms, I want you to imagine living in the day that we live in because history repeats itself. And today we're living in a day that's not much different than the times of the Bible. Even way back when creation happened or even 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth. How many know we live in perilous times? We live in a wicked world. We live in a world that's full of violence and hatred and all kinds of things that are going against God's word. And I want you to picture today if you found out that you were pregnant. And when you found out you were pregnant, there was a decree made, a law made in our nation, which is not too far removed from where we literally are, where if any male was born into this, into this country, that they would kill that baby and basically abort it. And it really was... It really would be like abortion because that baby wouldn't have a chance to live. And I want you to picture that when you find out that your child is going to be aborted, you still have the child. You still give birth to that baby. And then you begin to protect that baby knowing that the government officials could show up at any moment and take your baby and murder it right in front of you. You continue to, to raise that baby up. You continue to breastfeed that baby and take care of that child until you finally realize, I've got to sacrifice my own child so that this, this kid can live, so that he can make a difference in this world, and you give your child up for adoption to somebody who's you don't even know, and they take that child, and they begin to raise that child up, and then they say, we want you to continue to nurse it for a little while, and then we want it back again. How many moms could say, I would do that? I believe that a lot of you in this place, even though you're shaking your heads, no, I believe a lot of you would have the strength to do that because you moms are amazing. The story that I just told you is not a made-up story. It's in the Bible. And the woman who did that's name was Jochebed. And the person that she gave birth to was named Moses. Amen? You know, we hear today about Moses. 
Most people that are even new in the, in the Bible, new to God, maybe d- didn't know the name Jochebed. And by the way, don't name your kid that. Amen. Don't set him up for failure. That's a tough name, amen? <laughs> and it's, it, most people don't know her name because it wasn't mentioned in the story we're going to read. I, I probably blew the sound booth people away and the media team away when I gave them my verses because usually I have a lot of verses. And today, I, th- I gave them just one set of verses. So they're probably like, where's the rest of them? But I'm going to look at just one section of scriptures this morning. But I want to talk about this amazing sacrifice of this mom, Jochebed. I want to teach you a few things in this story. And go over this story with you. But in this story, you're going to see that the name Jochebed is not there. So this is a teaching moment. When you're reading the Bible, the name of a person is not always there. And sometimes the name is never there. God never intended for that name to be known. But somewhere in the Bible, if that name is intended to be known, it's going to be mentioned. How many of you have ever been reading the book of Matthew? And you start reading the begats. And so-and-so begat so-and-so. And so-and-so begat so-and-so. And as you're reading them, you're like... Skip past that and you get to the next part, right? Because what is all these begats? Well, those begats were important because they were people giving birth to people. And then you see in the Old Testament, the book of Numbers. Tribes and clans and the numbers and the names and the people. And you pass by that too. But how many know those are important? So when those things happen in Numbers 26 and also Exodus 6, you'll mention, you'll see the name Jochebed, who was the mom of Moses. And I want to pick up in this story and read a little bit and kind of break it down to you. And moms, I want you to look at this story. I want you to put yourself in this story. I want you to be Jochebed this morning. Amen. I want you to realize that God can do the same thing in you. And I want you to position yourself to think how difficult it was for this woman to do what she did. Because here's what we do. We look at Moses as this great man of God who had the Ten Commandments. This man who took the Israelites out of, out of Egypt and got them out of slavery stood before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. We see all these great exploits he did, but those exploits never would have happened if Jochebed would not have sacrificed for her own son. Exodus chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, let's look at this. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. And I'm going to kind of break it down as we go. And it says, and a man of the house of Levi. Levi is the Levitical, it's called, priesthood. These are the tribe that would be the people who were priests, the pastors, the preachers, who would serve in the temple. And there was a special um, tribe called the tribe of Levi. Went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And the reason I mentioned earlier, I want to say this, this would be like abortion today, except they couldn't kill the baby until it was born, and you're going to see why in a moment. Today we have sonograms, and today we have ways of finding out what the baby is, but back then they obviously didn't have that technology. And it says, when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. I want you to think about the danger of that. The danger of knowing that in Exodus 1, when he is talking about this uh, coming ec- uh, uh, assassination of babies, Pharaoh, the king, says, I'm tired of these Israelites. Today that would be us Christians, not taking their place, but us Christians in the world. I'm tired of these Christians doing what they do. I'm tired of them standing up for what's right. I'm tired of all their, their God stuff. And so we're going to get rid of these people. So every time a baby's born, if it is a male, they die. They knew that if they could kill all the males, they could not reproduce. So every time a baby male was born, they killed him. 
This happened several and many times during the Bible where the, the male would try to be killed so that the seed could not continue. So it says, but when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark, and there's a word to remember, the ark, amen, of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch. Basically, that means she made a basket and put tar around it to waterproof it. And she put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the riverbank. Now, I want to ask Juan or Deanna, whoever wants. Deanna can come. Yeah, you come, Deanna. Be better. You got her. You got her. You, you come up. She's like, Ugh. Deanna had, now this isn't, this baby's not three months old. Nevaeh's a month, almost two months. Can y'all imagine taking this precious little baby and having to, to get rid of her, first of all? I know you can't even imagine, right? Having to get rid of her. But not only get rid of her, but put her in great danger. Put her in a basket and put her in water and push that, wa- that baby basket into the water, knowing you may never see the baby again, and most likely you're never going to see the baby again. How many know a picture's worth a thousand words? Just, just to look at this press, we just dedicated her last week to the Lord. This, this mom, Jochebed, loved God. She was the house of, of Le- the priesthood of Levi. She was a believer. She was a godly person. And she said, I cannot let my son die. And she knew she was in danger. And she took that baby and put it into a basket. So I want you to picture two months, three months, very close to this age when Moses was placed into that basket. Thank you, Deanna. You did a great job. Amen. Picture's worth a thousand words. So she puts this baby in the basket, Moses. And it says, and his sister stood afar off. That sister is Miriam. And it says, to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. Now I want you to watch what happens here. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Now we have another woman involved. We have Miriam, his sister, involved watching the baby go down the river to see what's going to happen. We have Pharaoh's daughter who goes down and gets the baby and has compassion on him. She could have just said, this is not my responsibility. This is not my baby. And when she realized, you got to realize this, when she realized it was a Hebrew child, I don't know how she knew that, but there was some way to know, When she realized it was a Hebrew child, do you realize that the person who made the decree to kill that child was her own father? Can you imagine the danger and the risk and the responsibility that she is taking when she has compassion on him? Because when it says she has compassion on him, it means she's going to do something risky. So this woman whose dad is the one making this decree to kill all male children, she has compassion on him. And look what she said. Look what she does. Then she, her sister, his sister, sorry, Moses' sister, Miriam, said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women so that she may nurse the child for you? So God has this all set up. And Miriam, the sister, is watching. And she goes to, how many know that was bold, to even approach Pharaoh's daughter? 
See all the boldness here and the risk and the responsibility and the sacrifice? These, all these women are sacrificing their lives. She says, I, I, do you want me to go find a nurse for you? And in the back of her mind, she's thinking, I've got a good nurse. Amen? And this woman says, go. She took the maiden, went and called the child's mother, which was obviously Jochebed, Moses' mom. So now she's back in the picture again. And watch this. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. Moms, you don't get enough money for nursing your babies. Amen? Too bad the government doesn't pay you. You know, there are some countries that do that, which is crazy. And I will give you your wages. So, all, so the woman took the child and nursed him. So she's happy again. She has her baby boy back. But guess what? It's only for a, certain, a limited time. And the child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. Can you imagine giving him away, getting him back, nursing him, and giving him away again to be somebody else's son? So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. What a beautiful story. But guess what? It's a real story. It's a real story, and today, the gospel's here today because of that sacrifice. Very similar to the sacrifice that Mary had when she was told, you're going to give birth to a child, and it's not going to be from a man. Amen? And she had to sacrifice and live in that time basically as a, as, a, as a fornicator or an adulterer in a time where those people were stoned. All these women took risks. And they took risks so that the gospel could go forward because she knew when she gave birth to that boy that that boy was going to do great things for God. Amen? How many of you had your mom tell you, I can raise my hand when you were younger, you're going to do great things? My mom told me all the time, and not just great things, she told me you're going to do great things for God. My entire life, even when I didn't want to hear it, she told me you're going to do great things for God. I want to give you a few things this morning to think about as moms especially. Four things that you can write down if you're taking notes that are things I want, you to, see, I want to see God do in your life on a daily basis. The number one, we just talked about it a lot, is take risks. By the way, it's so hard to say that word, risks. Say that with me. Doesn't that sound weird? The more I say it, the harder it is. Take risks. Amen. Sometimes it just sounds weird. And because your actions, listen to this, your actions become part of a greater story. How many know sometimes when you make a sacrifice, you don't see what's going on at that moment? There's no way this woman could have known that her, that her, her boy was going to become the head of an entire nation. That he was going to change the entire world. But she took the risk to give him up, sacrifice to give him away, to, to wean him, to, to grow him, to do all these things, and to eventually make a change in the world because of her sacrifice and eventually lose her son totally to somebody else. That's sacrifice. But she took a risk because she knew she was doing something bigger. Number two, think about this, moms. When you let go of something, when you let go of something in sacrifice for God, he will always give, he'll always give you something back greater than what you sacrificed. You know, it's, it, John mentioned it at the prayer. Dwayne mentioned it at the offering. The pain that you women go through, us men cannot even imagine. Nor do we want to imagine men. Can I get an amen? You know, this world has about 8 billion people. 
might be more. It seems like it grows a lot and fast every time you check. Let's call it 8 billion people. Guess how many people would be on the earth if men had babies? Probably less than a billion. There would no way be families of two or three or four kids. If men had babies, it would be one and done. There would be none of these showers, baby showers, and getting together and celebrating, and we would be counting the days and hitting each other and saying, you really going to do this, dude? There would be no celebration. Amen. Are you with me? God knew what he was doing when he chose women. Because y'all actually get excited about this stuff. I'm watching my daughter with my grandbaby now be excited about this thing coming out of her body. It's tripping me out, man. She's like, we were just in the office, as a matter of fact, between services. And we were talking about how big she is. When she was born, she was nine pounds, three ounces. And I was looking at my wife's stomach on a video last night, and hers is way bigger. And she's like, well, he's going to be at least eight pounds. If it was a man, we'd be like, yeah, hopefully he's not three pounds. Are you, are you following me? Man, am I telling the truth? Can you imagine saying, well, he's going to be at least eight pounds? Like, that's a good thing? We're, me and Landon were talking about, hopefully he's born small, and then you add water to him after. When you know, get bigger. That's the kind of conversations men would be having. Not, oh, if, I mean... There's just something God gives you women that's a grace. And then you want another one. <laughs> Some people in this church have four, five, six kids. My papa had 15 brothers and sisters. That woman has a crown in heaven. Amen? Just for having that many kids. I don't understand all that. Amen? Men don't understand that. But women do, right? As soon as you have that child, all the pain that you suffered is out the door because you're holding the, what the sacrifice was. And that's what these women were able to understand the Bible. They knew that they were giving birth to something that was going to change lives. And so there's a sacrifice and a power that a woman has that men will never understand. And women, when you do those sacrifices, you're going to get it back so much stronger. Number three, I want you to put yourself in position all the time, not just today, tomorrow, next week, all the time, in a position to be able to be in obedience to God so that God can do great things in your life. Amen? Number four. Notice, I'm going to go back to number three. In this position to do great things in obedience, how many realize, moms, that you don't know who you gave birth to? I know you know the name. I know you know the clothes you put on them and all that, but how many know that, that one day Billy Graham was born? Amen? Moses was born. Jesus was born. Great, mighty men of God were born. You don't know who you've given birth to. You don't know who you're raising. You might be raising the next evangelist, the next world changer, and the sacrifices that you're doing right now is for something. It's not for naught. Amen? This is, this, this is dedicated to all the moms. She works 24 hours a day. She's an alarm clock. She's a cook, a maid, a teacher, a nanny, a nurse a driver, a handyman, a security officer, a photographer, a counselor. She doesn't get paid holiday sick, sick pay, or days off. She works through the day and the night and gets paid with hugs and kisses. And you're okay with that. Amen? How many moms are okay with that? I see all the moms nodding their heads. Hugs and kisses is enough. Amen. We won't talk about what guys would want. 
And I was thinking about the nursing part. It's probably as my mom is watching. Does anybody else here hate when your mom would lick her mouth and clean your face? I don't know why that just came back to me. Did, does anybody else hate, hate did, did anybody else hate that? Number four. Here's the biggest one. God knows the whole story. God knows your whole story. Amen? It's written out. And when we know the whole story, what we can do is say, I, I, right now, I'm facing death. I'm facing them, my, my child being killed. I'm facing them coming, killing this. But I'm going to risk, I'm going to put this baby in the water. I'm going to trust God that he's going to do something with this child. And eventually something great's going to happen. But through all that, we have to understand, at the end result, God has it worked out. Amen? You're going to have some struggles. You're going to have some trials. You're going to sacrifice a lot of things. But look at a few examples today in your own lives, in your own faces. We're talking about Moses, but John, I didn't, we, and we didn't plan any of that. John got up and talked about how much of an impact his mom was. Taking him to church when he didn't want to go to church. Raising him. The Bible says in Proverbs 22.6 that we're supposed to raise our kids in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. All you moms and dads here this morning that have your little brats back here behind us, I mean your kids, amen, that don't get spanked enough, amen, just saying, spank your kids, I always love to throw that in, I was talking, I was, me and John were talking the other day, and I basically told him, are you spanking your kids enough? I mean, you just got to make sure you're spanking them enough, amen, spare the rod, spoil the child. If you don't want to spank them, if you give me permission, I'll do it, but you got to give me permission, written permission. Amen. And I'll use a paddle. But why did I say that? See, I lost my train of thought now. Somebody help me. Train up a child in the way he should go. Spank that kid. Amen. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Amen. That's a promise. All of you that are bringing your kids to church every Sunday, you, it may seem monotonous right now. It may seem like, are we doing anything? But listen to what John said. It didn't happen overnight. But all these years later, now he's serving God. And now he's, what a blessing it is when we see pictures or videos of your kids praising and worshiping God. This morning we were walking around the prayer room and, and I saw, uh, matter of fact, Destiny pointed out David was praying with little Torin and they were both on their knees and he had his hands. I mean, that's precious. Moms, the kids are watching you. They're listening to you. All the sacrifices that you're making are for a reason, and it's going to come out. You have to trust that God knows the full story, and he's going to bring it all together. Amen? He is doing a work. Nothing that you do. You know, I know some of you ladies work jobs and, and, and raise your kids. Some of you are single moms. Some of you are struggling, but you're still here. God sees those sacrifices, amen? Some of you have already raised your kids, and now you're raising your grandkids, or you're helping raise your grandkids. It's, it's never going to end, but only heaven's going to tell. I was talking to my mom yesterday, just telling her how much of a great mama she is, and she turned it around on me. Oh, I'm just so proud of you. I'm just so, I'm so proud of what God's done in your life. And that was what she always does. And I, and I tell mom, it's because you raised me in the gospel. And I said, only heaven's going to be able to tell all the stuff we did for the Lord. Amen? How many know this is a team effort? It takes all of us together to raise the, go raise the kids in the gospel. Amen? So that they can make a difference. It's a team effort. I want to finish with one last thing. A mother is a person. This is kind of a thought I got. I want to ask the musicians to come this morning. A mother is a person who 
And I know my mom's like this, and I believe so many of you, I know so many of you in here are like this, who seeing there are only four pieces of pie for five people, quickly announces she never really did care much for pie. That's the heart of a mom. Just make the situation better, amen? And as that video was going on, every Mother's Day, I realize, as a husband, as a father, as a man, that there's a lot of dynamics that go on in a Mother's Day service. And I feel like that guy hit every single one of them. He hit all the areas that could possibly, even adoption and all these areas, mom not around. Because some of us in here have the best mom in the world. Some of us, our moms have passed away. Some of us have a relationship with our mom that's, eh. And some don't have a relationship at all. And there's a lot of thoughts in here. There's a lot of emotions that go on on a day like this. But you know what we can do? Moms, you can be that mom that your mom never was. You can make up the deficit in the areas where your mom lacked. And if your mom was an awesome mom, then you follow her example and be like mom. But the end of the story is, the bottom line is, you're, you're doing something that is going to affect eternity when you raise your kids in the gospel. Amen? And I want you to be challenged this morning to take more risks. I want you to realize that the sacrifices that you're making are always going to bring back a greater reward. And if you'll put yourself in a position to be in obedience and trust God, he'll finish the work in your lives. And you'll be able to get older and look back and say, that's my, that's my kid that I'm proud of and pleased with, but it's going to take sacrifice. Moms, unbelievable sacrifice. Father, I thank you this morning for all these moms. Father, I thank you for moms like Ruth, Lord, that would come when Casey was traveling around the United States working with all her kids and be here early and on time to be able to be in the praise team and to be able to serve, Father. And they would just be sitting on that front row listening and Father, I thank you for all the sacrifices that moms are making right now during this service to work in the nursery, to work with the kids in Sunday school. Some that are out here right now that their kids are back there and there's all kinds of sacrifices being made even during this service so that people can hear the gospel. People are working with these kids and they're not getting paid for it. People are changing diapers back in the nursery and they're not getting paid for it. They're doing it because of the love of God. They're sacrificing so that someone can be sitting out here listening to the message that could change their life forever. It's a team, Father. And we have a great team here. We have people who've sacrificed so much. But Lord, it's never in vain. All across this place, we pray today that moms, you would be honored. Moms, you would feel special. Moms, you would know that you're loved. Moms, that your hurts and your pains would be healed. God can do all that today. He can mend every broken situation. He can restore. He can do whatever you need Him to do today. He's a big God and He loves you. How many people in this place this morning, all across this congregation and those watching online, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now and He's telling you, I've got a better life for you. I've got a better way of living and you're, you're not living the way I want you to live. You're not surrendered to me. You haven't given me your heart. 
You're a good mom. You've made a lot of sacrifices, but you haven't accepted my sacrifice, God says, when I sent down my son to die on the cross for your sins. Today, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 3, is knocking on the door of your heart. And he's saying, let me come in. All the sacrifices from the Genesis to Revelation were made with one simple intention. That people would know who Jesus Christ is. All the way back with Jochebed in the story of Moses, he is a type of Christ that is to come. He is an example of a man who's going to come down from heaven, being God, and live in an earthly body. And he's going to sacrifice his life for our sins so we can have eternal life. The Bible says the wages of our sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If you'll confess him this morning and believe on him and put your faith in him, he said, Though you may die, you will live if you believe in me because he defeated death on that cross. How many across this place with honest hearts this morning, not to me but to God, could say, I need to make that decision today. I need to surrender my life. I need to answer the call of God on me today to accept the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for me that started way back with the sacrifice of Jochebed to make Moses set those people free because without Moses doing what he did, without Jochebed doing what she did, the gospel's not here today. How many could say, I want Jesus to come into my life this morning? Would you just lift up your hand? All across this place, I see your hand, young man. How many more? I need Jesus this morning. I want to accept him. I want to be born again. I want my life to change today. I want what God has for me. I want the best. Today you're listening to me and I want you to know that tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. Understand that. We can say, you know what, I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to work on my life a little bit and I'm going to come back next week or maybe next month and then maybe I'll try this God thing. Tomorrow is not promised. Just this past Tuesday, we buried a young lady who was shot and killed and murdered. The daughter of someone in our church, the sister of someone in our church, she did not wake up that morning thinking she was going to breathe her last breath that day. Church, don't play with God. Don't mess around with your eternity because whether you believe it or not, the Bible tells us we're going to live forever in one of two places, heaven or hell, and we get to choose. The Bible says choose life. I've placed before you today death and life. Moses said those words. I've placed before you today death and life. He says choose life. How many in this place would take that chance right now and say, you're talking to me. I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed all across this place. No one's looking. This is between you and God. That's me. How many more? Maybe you're here. I see your hand. I see your hand. How many more would say, I, I know the Lord. I accepted him at some point in my life. But today, my life is not lining up with what God wants for me. I'm making bad choices. I'm not doing what God's asked me to do. 
and I need to change today. How many would say that's me all across this place? You can look at me and stare at me, cross your arms, be mad at God, but he still loves you. You that are watching online, he still loves you. He loves you no matter what you think about him. He died for you. The Bible says while we were sinners, Christ died for us, for the ungodly. We deserve death, but he says you don't have to have it if you'll put your faith in me. I want to ask you to stand all across this place if you would and as you're standing if you raised your hand and we're going to pray with those online right now as well if you raised your hand and you're serious about it and you want to give your life to Jesus today I want to ask you to step out of your seat to the nearest aisle and come down here and stand with me right now I want to pray with you come on just step out and come you raise your hand this is the next step to, to make a decision Amen. I saw several more hands. I'm going to wait just a moment more. Raise your hand. Come on, church. Let's pray. Let's clap. Let's wait for them. Amen. Amen. Those that are watching online, if everybody would just say this prayer with me, and I would ask that someone would come from our church would come stand behind them so they feel support. Say this with me this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifice all the way back to Jochebed and Moses, all the mothers along the Bible who sacrificed for the Word of God to be here today so that I could hear it. And I believe this morning that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe He died on the cross for all of my sins. Jesus, please forgive me all of my sins wash me clean with your precious blood I know that I'm a sinner and I know I fall short but because of what you did I am saved please write my name in the Lamb's book of life and from this day forward I will die to myself I will read your word I will pray and I will learn how to live a life for you so that I can make a difference in somebody else's life. In Jesus' name, amen.